Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Pick and Pod. We're talking NBA playoffs. Today is Friday, May 3rd. My name is Joey Dayan. I'm joined alongside Pete Hudek. Pete, we got a lot going on in the NBA playoffs. We're heating up, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to talk today. A lot of hot topics to get to. Surprising second round. A lot of things that I thought were going to go a certain way have not right. gone that way. Speaking of things that you didn't think were going to go this way, Sixers versus Raptors. We'll get started on that. A beatdown in Philly last night by the Sixers. 126-95, I believe, was the final score. Um, and Bede was just showing off all of his skills last night, along with Butler and Simmons. And they had Philly rocking. They take a 2-1 series lead. Something that we didn't think was going to happen. We didn't expect this to be the storyline. But moving forward, what do you see going through this series um, and the Sixers, with the Sixers and the Raptors? I mean, I think the Sixers are playing like they're the more talented team right. than they are. They have three all-stars, one kind of fringe all-star player. And when you look at Toronto, they have Kawhi, who's a superstar. But then they have Kawhi, Kyle Lowry. Awful. He, yeah, he's been – I mean, the whole Raptors team has been awful. awful. I think I saw a stat that said Kawhi is shooting 62% yeah. and the rest of the Raptors are shooting 35%. Right. It's just brutal. I mean, I thought we were over these Raptors, the whatever Toronto playoff curse there was, but it seems like we're right back. Where I'll we're tell you the problem with the Toronto Raptors, and it's plain and simple. It starts at the point guard position. I really believe that Kyle Lowry is an extremely overrated point guard. He is not even in my top 10 on the on the point guard list in the NBA right now. Why did we get so obsessed with Kyle Lowry? You look at his career stats, he's around 15 to 16 points per game. This season, he only put up 14 per. Um, in these playoffs, he's been absolutely brutal. Game three, last night, he was two for 10 with seven points. A game you need him to come out and show that he's an all-star type guy. He's your leader at the point guard position. A veteran comes out and plays like total trash. And game two, he had an okay game, but it's a loss. And game one, again, four, four of 10, just nine points. So if you're looking at Kyle Lowry, you got to get more from this guy. He's been he's been awful. I mean, the thing is, it seems like every time he has an okay game, it's like, oh, Kyle Lowry's right. back. And it's just because he didn't have an awful game in the playoffs. <laughs> this guy has never had a big moment in the playoffs. Yeah. He's either been awful or just around average. And the Toronto Raptors need a lot more than just around average if they're going to be the same. Exactly. He's an all-star player. We're talking about Kyle Lowry as a potential guy in this league. I mean, someone that you can pinpoint and, and be your number two when you're going on a playoff run. And unfortunately, every single time he touches a ball, when you're watching these games, it looks like he wants no part of the ball. It's a quick, you know, shuffle it the other way, pass it to someone else. He doesn't even look at the basket to attempt a shot, you know. So going forward, you see Kyle Lowry breaking out of this slump because I personally believe that he is the, the the thing that's holding them back from from making it to an extremely far point in this playoffs because Kawhi is just sensational. Every single time you watch him touch that court, uh, he, he just it's speechless because I'm in awe every time I watch him. He's so efficient in every single aspect of the game. Great defender. Offensively, it seems like he never dips below 50% from the field. So when you're talking Kawhi, he's obviously doing his job and it falls on Lowry to me. Yeah, I mean, I think Kyle Lowry will break out of this slump uh, in a couple games after the Raptors get eliminated and the regular season starts <laughs> back up again. That's why I think Pete throwing out bombs at him. Yeah, I mean, it's just you need more out of this guy. And, you know, Pascal Siakam, he's a little young. You, right. know, you can't expect it too much. He doesn't have the playoff experience 
Kyle Lowry's been here. He's got to show these guys, and it's just been really disappointing. So Gasol, uh, another veteran who has been very underwhelming in this year's playoffs, he's matched up against Joel Embiid, and Embiid has gotten the better part of that matchup, to say the least. Embiid's been absolutely phenomenal. Everything was on display last night. He was making three-pointers, getting to the lane, just doing whatever he wanted in that game. Do you think Marc Gasol can possibly find a way to corral Embiid because if he can't do that then this is automatic Sixers easy W if, if Embiid's going to be able to produce the way he did and then get the guys involved like he did like the Tobias Harris's and the JJ Reddick's I mean it's dim the lights for the Raptors if you're talking about that sort of uh, advantage at the center position when you got Embiid there yeah, Gasol's a former Defensive Player of the Year. He's right. got the skills. He's got, you know, the little knowledge of how to guard these guys. It's just that he's 34 years old, and, you know, Joel Embiid's in his prime, yeah. and he's just way more physically overpowering than Gasol is. So, I mean, for me, I, I don't think the Raptors, you can close the book on them. I, I think they need to get this game for, obviously, this is a must-win on the road. But I just think Kawhi's just going to have an extraordinary performance. He's going to be out of this world in Game 4 as he's been throughout the first three games. Who do you have in that Game 4, which is basically potential series maker or breaker for both sides? Um, Putting you on the spot here, Pete. I'm going to take Toronto. I feel like they have to tie it up. I feel like you can't be shooting 35% right. like the other the other teammates for the whole series. That would be insane. Yeah. Be unprecedented. And speaking of the Sixers, last round they knocked out the hometown Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets making the news for something that they do not want to make the news for. Star point guard D'Angelo Russell trying to smuggle weed onto uh, the the airplane in a Arizona um, Arizona bottle of iced oh, yeah, tea. Yeah. I heard he had like a secret compartment. Yeah, so. It was really planned out. So yeah, that that's hysterical. I think it's I think it's hilarious. I think it's also very stupid on his part. But something that I was watching, Will Kane pointed out was when you go onto the airplane, TSA says no liquids. And he tried to put an illegal substance, marijuana, into another illegal substance, which is uh not you're not allowed to bring a liquid on the plane. So if you're D'Angelo Russell, I mean, what what's going through his head? What what could he possibly be thinking here? I mean, yeah, I, maybe his thought was, oh, there's going to be no liquid in it. But if you're TSA <laughs> and someone's just like, and D'Angelo Russell sitting there, a millionaire, being like, oh, I really need this empty Arizona bottle can. You're like, yeah, why? Yeah. It's just an unbelievable story with and so many, with so many like holes in it. Is he if, traveling alone? Like, doesn't he have someone in his entourage? Why is he the guy? Yeah, exactly. The drugs I have no idea. And why is he bringing it to the airport? Like, why isn't he just buying it wherever he's going or? Let someone else handle that, D'Angelo Russell. You know, that that's not in your category. That's not for what you should be doing. You had a breakout year. You know, go get somebody else to handle your your, your weed and your your uh, narcotics. But uh, you disappointed in him that, that you learned that he's, uh, Yeah, you know? I mean, I'm disappointed, like, as you said, it's stupid that he got caught. You know, him smoking weed as a New York guy, it's like whatever. You yeah, know? If, yeah. If, as long as it doesn't come up and you don't get caught, but he did get caught. Right, so that's right. where I'm disappointed. <laughs> Be smart about it. Yeah. You know, I don't really care. It's not like he's doing a performance-enhancing drug. It's not like it's going to ruin his career, you know? 
Yeah, I, I don't really mind it, to be honest with you. I think um, it's just unfortunate that D'Angelo has to continue to come up in, you know, off-the-court antics. He was doing it in L.A. We haven't heard one really in Brooklyn. Now he gets one here, but I think he'll move past it. I think it's it's honestly a non-story. It's just something that, you know, it's fun to talk about. You know, it's a, it's a little... Uh, I do want to touch on the Nets, though. I yeah. think that this series the Sixers are having against the Raptors actually makes the Nets look maybe even better as a free right. agent destination maybe if you're a Kawhi Leonard mm-hmm. you know because Kawhi Leonard it's actually this is perfect for him in his free agent if they lose this series because he has the series of his life and it's the Raptors who disappoint him it's right. the Raptors who fail him so if he leaves it's almost vindicated you're right because he can't win with this team because they they flop so hard so maybe you know the Nets, a team that t- won a game against Philly, they kept a lot of them, not close towards the end. It kind of ran away from the end, but th- those games, you know, going into the third yeah. quarters, those were close games. You know, those are very exciting games to be honest with you. I-, I thought the Nets were really, really good this season. I thought they they did a pretty solid job throughout that playoff run. Obviously, Game Five got away from them quickly, but at that point, the series was over. You- you're really looking at Game Four when they had that lead and Mike Scott drilled a dagger corner three on a tough play, and then they didn't even get a shot attempt up. Uh, Allen got the ball stripped from him. But I think the, the Nets did a really good job. And at the end of the day, like you just mentioned, on the other side of the ball, there's three all-stars and one fringe all-star, potential all-star. So it's and a, and a veteran in J.J. Redick who could shoot the lights out. So for the Nets, they were overpowered, you know, in terms of one um, experience, two um, talent and and just you know so those two things when you add those up in the playoffs at the end of the day that's just basically what they were up against but it was a great season for the Nets great run um and you know congrats to them and hope hope they have a good future I like that you brought up Kawhi with the Nets I think that's a great fit for them moving forward and and they could do a lot there with that I, I did hear a rumor like the day Kawhi got traded to Toronto that he started texting other NBA players about meeting up in Brooklyn yeah I think for sure, he's he's gone. He's he's not staying in Toronto. There's no chance of I that happening. I mean, if happening. they win this series and they win the next, maybe. You're right. It but, would, uh, it yeah, be, you know. it, it's, it's bleak at this point. Now, moving on from that one into the other Eastern Conference final that's on tonight at 8, uh, Boston versus uh, Milwaukee. Series tied at 1-1. We were talking about this series potentially being a big time, you know, matchup earlier on when we were previewing the playoffs a month ago on Pick and Pod, um, and we discussed the the absence of Malcolm Brogdon and the trouble that could bring to Milwaukee moving forward. He's not going to play in Game Three, and it doesn't look like he's going to play anytime soon because he's not even listed as doubtful or questionable moving forward. What do you think this does to this series if Malcolm Brogdon can't return? I think it gives the Celtics a huge boost. Huge was, edge. If you, I forget what the stats are, but in the Bucks and Celtics season series, Brogdon was on fire. Yeah. He, like, torched that team. And it's because he's such a professional on the court, and the Celtics had a lot of off-the-court issues, and I think he was able to kind of, like, exploit that in a way. Right. And I, But for the Bucks, I'm just kind of worried, you know, because that game one was real bad when they kind of zoned in on Kwa- mm-hmm. Giannis, and they're like, we're going to stop Giannis. Right. And for whatever reason, the Bucks were totally surprised that they decided, the Celtics decided to take out their best player, which they did last year in the series, which yeah. when the Celtics won without, you know, the Celtics won without Kyrie, the Celtics won without Gordon Hayward, and now the Bucks have to play him again with Kyrie right. and with Gordon Hayward. And 
I don't think Kyrie is going to score nine points or under in any mm-hmm. games going forward. Yeah, I mean, it's a crazy thing to think about the way the job that they did on on um, that you mentioned on Giannis in that game one was unbelievable. They closed up all the driving lanes. He really had no open holes or gaps to get through, and they made him play in the half court. Game two, you saw him get out and transition a little bit more. You saw him make a couple more outside perimeter jump shots. Um, I think that's the key to the series along with Brogdon. Brogdon needs to come back for this team to win this series, I believe, at some point. Uh, he's got to come back at game five and, and, and be there for them, being that steadying ship. Because as much as I like Eric Bledsoe, I don't trust him to, to be that sole point guard and, and that guy that's going to put them over the top to win this series. I, I also need Malcolm Brogdon. And on that note, I think George Hill is a great signing for this team. I really do. I think he brings a great veteran presence. He brings a steadying type point guard uh, that that you need in the playoffs to you know calm and steady the tide. And, and I thought that was a great signing for them. So game three now, we're looking at it tonight. You mentioned Kyrie only had nine points in the last game. What do you see in tonight's game three matchup and that battle? I think this is the toughest one to look at because I think there was flukes in both games. Right. Because in that Bucks game where they lost, Giannis shot like four from 16 for like two-point field goals. Mm-hmm. And in this like regular season, he was shooting that at like 65% or something insane. <laughs> and and in the second game, Kyrie scored nine points. Mm-hmm. So something's, you know. There's outliers in both. I think that maybe Giannis has a great game and Kyrie has a great game and it's just a great game. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's who you think's gonna come out at the end. I think Kyrie's a born closer. Uh-huh. So I think I might take the Celtics in game three. Yeah, I mean, it's all gonna come down to the ability of the Celtics to continue to keep Giannis in check because I love the term you used a while back. He's giving me this LeBron 07 vibe yeah. where, where nothing's going to get in his way. And that's really what I see out of Giannis. It was frightening to see him in game one because I never saw him like that this entire season. And you're like, whoa, like yeah, how'd they just him? make that happen? You know, how'd they make that look so easy on him? But I think he'll figure it out and I think he'll adjust. I think this series is for sure going to go seven games. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, and then, like you said, at the end of the day, it's going to come to down to that closing time. I think Celtics get the game three tonight. I think Kyrie goes off. He explodes in a huge one tonight for them. And then I think game four, Giannis comes back and he steadies the ship. We're going back to Milwaukee at 2-2. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think we're going back to Milwaukee. Yeah, Mil- so that time. series is just a dandy. I mean, I, I love watching that one. And then let's move to the West Coast now where we got Portland and, and the Nuggets. We haven't really been able to talk about Dame Dalla, have you, uh, since since the OKC series? No, it, I don't think I've gotten a chance. Yeah, so I, I get your word in on him because he's phenomenal. Uh, what, second best point guard in the league? That's, that's what you're Lillard? thinking? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, at least this year. I If you look at the stats, I was actually listening to someone. He might be one of the top five players? guards of the, not players, but top five guards of the last, like, decade right point guards at least yeah he he's insane his ability to make those big shots i mean i think we forget about these guys ugh. you know this is kind of a point i have with a lot of players in this playoffs and mm-hmm. when we're talking about russell westbrook and we're talking about damian lillard i think russell westbrook is a guy who goes 100 percent in every game every, all season and then that's all great he'll get his triple right. doubles he'll you know win an mvp but then when you get to the playoffs and you know, those guys also step it up to 100%. 100%. You're looking a little less 
amazing. You're looking a little less flashy. You're not getting the triple doubles, you know? I completely agree with that point. I think you hit it exactly on the head of what, I, what I'm thinking as well. When you're in the playoffs, you need someone that's going to score the basketball for you. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, the points points win you the game, and buckets need to be gotten at an efficient rate. And Russell Westbrook, for some reason, over the last couple of years, he just hasn't been able to do that. His mid-range shot has, has totally been, uh, not totally been depleted, but it wasn't what it once was because he was money from that spot all the time. Now it's very shaky, very inconsistent. His three ball, every time he shoots it, I personally don't think it's going in. So the only time he's really scoring the ball at a high rate is when he's getting into the lane and, and he's finishing in transition. So for me, Russell Westbrook isn't the type of player that you win a championship with. I think he's a phenomenal player, phenomenal talent. I don't want to discredit him, as you mentioned. But in the playoffs, he I, I feel like he really doesn't have what it takes to move forward. And, and it seems like year after year, he's a first-round exit. And this year, it's in five. Last year, it was in six to a rookie in Donovan Mitchell. Granted, he, he had... He was great, but when you have Paul George alongside you, yeah. you shouldn't be losing to Donovan Mitchell in the first round. So Russell Westbrook's got a lot of refining to do and a lot of thinking to do when it comes to him performing in the playoffs moving forward. Yeah, and even this past year's against the Trailblazers, it's Damian Lillard matchup against Russell Westbrook, and then it's Paul George matchup up against C.J. McCollum. And even Paul George with whatever was wrong with his shoulder – Way better than C.J. McCollum. I still love C.J. <laughs> yeah, McCollum. You think so? but yeah, yeah. C.J.'s George, money. C.J.'s money, but Paul George is just so tall. He's so good defensively. You know, he can do so many things. And then, so, and then you take that matchup and you think it's, you know, you think it's equal going in, and then Dame just destroys him. Yeah. You know, just. I Matt, think like picks him apart offensively. I think the epitome of him picking him apart offensively is all you got to do is watch that last highlight of the last game where it's a. Uh, uh, the sidestep from yeah. half court three that shot is unbelievable I don't know how it's attempted first of all Paul George for saying it's a bad shot who cares it went in yeah. do, you, do you agree with that like I who cares stupid Paul George stupid says, Paul George says some like between this and that Gatorade commercial where he's a game winning <laughs> shot but he's never actually had a game winning yeah. shot it's just like yeah. Yeah, so, so that's mind blowing to me like that that's irrelevant he made the shot series over you're going home um, off of that though who's guarding Damian Lillard in that position, it's Paul George, not Russell Westbrook. Who oh, yeah. Russell Westbrook was guarding him for the first four games, but after that he had enough because Damian was taking it to him and he was taking it to him in a big way. Game four, uh, Damian comes out with, I think, like 18, 19 third quarter points and Russ has zero and he barely attempts any shots. So that just, like, that, that whole storyline uh, culminated it epitomizes what Russell Westbrook is in the playoffs and the difference between him and Damian Lillard right now. And that's why Lillard's a star and he's moved on. And fast forwarding now, it's 1-1 between them and the Nuggets. Um, we're going back to Rip City tonight, Port Portland at the Moda Center. We got Dame on tap, 1030 Eastern. This is a very intriguing series moving forward. What are your thoughts on it? Just just hit me with what, what you got. Well, I think the Trailblazers will win game three and game four. I was a little surprised at first when I saw that the Trailblazers lost game one, but then I thought about it, and the Denver Nuggets home record is insane. It's like 34-16 yeah, and 16 big time. or something, and then they have a losing record, actually, on the road. So against the Spurs, I didn't actually, you know, the Spurs kind of had this weird season-slash-series where they're still one of those teams who's taken long twos with DeRozan yeah. and 
Aldridge, <laughs> and I don't love it. And then Aldridge didn't even foul Jokic in the last that was, game seven. I don't understand what was going was on there. disgraceful. Take a foul. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, I think Portland is a lot better. You know, Denver's thing is, it's like, it's Jokic is good, and then Jamal Murray might score nine points, and he might score like 45. Yeah. And... <laughs> I, I think Denver is very deep. The, that's that's one of their strengths to me when I look at them. I like Jokic inside. And then Millsap's a proven veteran. Gary Harris and Murray on the perimeter, I think, are two superb guards. Craig's banged up. I think this is a series of attrition. Both teams are banged up. You got Cantor with the separated shoulder. It looked like Dame was a little run down in the first two games because he was so flat on his jumpers from three. Like, he was unbelievable from 30 feet and out in in the first series but when you were watching him in that nug in the first two games of the nuggets i don't know if it was the mile high or anything but he was very flat from deep so so that may be that's a little bit of a concern for me because when dame's not making that shot his game isn't as explosive and he's not nearly as productive so dame's got to be making the three ball maybe him coming home does that but i think this series is extended really far i think you go back to denver at 2-2 um i think Portland gets tonight's game. I think Denver gets game four. but And then Malik Beasley is also someone that's really interesting, and he's a great player. He's been very productive off the bench. So I like the Nuggets' depth, and if that depth can hold up against Portland's star power and, and wear them out, then that's where I think Denver gets this series. And if they do get it, I think they get it in seven at home uh behind their crowd who who do you have moving on here i know you like portland to go up 3-1 so that's basically all she yeah, wrote yeah i like portland a Por- lot. portland winning this series yeah, yeah i mean they're bo- they're all dandy type series i love both all of them i think very the, the guard play in the in the portland versus nugget series is great it's tough because jamal murray's banged up now and uh with that thigh injury but you got mccullum and lillard going against murray and uh, Harris, and then you got Monty Morris coming off the bench just filled with loaded guards. Moving on to the series that we all predicted as basically whoever's going to win this series will win the uh, NBA championship, Rockets versus Warriors. I mean, just so much to talk about in this series. I think it's a loaded topic. Where do you want to start, Pete? Um, I want to say that I'm glad we didn't have a podcast sooner. Because after Golden State lost Game Five to the Clippers, right, I looked my roommate dead in the eyes and said, "The Warriors are not going to win the NBA Finals this year." <laughs> and now and it's tough. Now to it's say that. tough because the Rockets turned into the old, you know, CP3 DeAndre Blake Griffin Doc Rivers Clippers team that just complains about every, every single foul call <laughs> that ever happens in the game. I think if they. I think if the Warriors got a foul called against them, the Rockets would find a way to complain about it. <laughs> what are these like these headlines about how they should have won the right. series last year because of the foul calls? Who cares? It's in the past. Right. If you want to go, you know, be better than the refs. Don't make the refs part of the game. Beat 100%, the Warriors. 100%. I thought they could do it. And James Harden, th- this is the thing. Kevin Durant, James Harden, this is the thing I was talking about earlier with Russ. James Harden goes 100% in the regular season. It's like, oh, I can't wait for James Harden to elevate in the playoffs. He can't. I don't know what it is, man. And I- then Kevin Durant just, just like smoothly sailing through the regular season. <laughs> yeah. And now he looks like the best player in the world. Well, Ke- yeah, Kevin Durant is the best player in the world at this point. He's absolutely phenomenal. He scores at ease. But I don't know what it is, man, with, with, with James Harden. It's so frustrating to watch because I'm a real believer in him. And, and I root for the Houston Rockets at a, at a very high pace because of the fact that I, I love 
Chris Paul and the way he plays the game. Yeah. Um, but getting to that point about the refs, I, I don't I don't really want to talk about that anymore. It's been talked about yeah, and said enough. Um, let's get into the nitty-gritty of the first two games because I think those are two games where you're looking at it and somehow Houston played awful, but they can be up 2-0 at the same yeah. time. You know, so I think moving forward, I, I, I don't think this series is over yet. Do you think it's over? I mean, the old saying is the series hasn't started right. until uh, the road someone team. loses at home. Right, there you go. I, I, I agree with that. So moving on to game three, I think Chris Paul has been a fly on the wall in this series. I haven't seen anything out of him. I, I haven't seen the player, the grit, the fight, the energy that I came to love out of that type of guy and, and the player that he, be, he has become. And I, don't see, I haven't seen that fire in the first two games. He's barely attempting any shots. He barely handles the ball. He's basically watching James Harden dribble the shot clock away and then hoist up threes. That's not what got Houston the 3-2 lead last season. It was penetrating when they gave them the driving lanes, kicking to open shooters, and having a steady diet of Paul and Harden. D'Antoni hasn't made one adjustment yet, and it's pathetic. No, yeah, the the whole D'Antoni doesn't win in the play. There's a lot of things that are just popping up. How Chris Paul doesn't win the playoffs. James Harden doesn't win the exactly. playoffs. Mike D'Antoni doesn't win the playoffs. And uh, you look Chris on Paul the other side, and it's a dynasty. Yeah, I mean, it's terrifying. It's a guy like what four, three titles in four years. Yeah, uh, Chris Paul hasn't cracked twenty points yet. That's pathetic. I mean, I don't know if he's getting older or if this is just like I don't understand it because I'll tell you what it is. Every single time he's efficient. He was 5 for 9 in game 1 with 17 points. I don't know how you only attempt 9 shots. Then he got to maybe 11, 12 shots when 19 points in game 2. All that came in time that did not matter. So James Harden went out with the eye injury yeah. in the start of game 2. And you thought, okay, this is a huge problem for them. But they steadied the ship without him. And you saw Chris Paul beat Chris Paul for that stretch where Harden came out. And then once Harden came back in, he could barely see out of his own two eyes. But somehow Chris Paul's watching him play for yeah. 40 minutes of just dribbling the ball around. How did, I want to know what they do when they go into a film session on the offensive side of the ball. What does Mike D'Antoni say? Okay, guys, great job watching James dribble now for the first 18 seconds of the shot clock. Let's watch him put up a three in the last six. What are they doing here, Houston? This series can be easily won. They, they found out the way to beat the Warriors because with their offense being so bad, their defense has been stellar, and they lose the first game by four and have a chance to tie the game with a three at the end and lose the second game by six, and they were in it throughout you got to capitalize on the things that Golden State's giving you offensively, and they're not doing that. You have to make an adjustment. I get you have a system, but sometimes you got to tweak the system a little. Yeah, I mean, I forget what, at the end of game one, like for whatever reason, they subbed Nene. Oh, on that the was floor, horrible. And then it was like Nene on Steph Curry. And you know, ever since Steph Curry missed that shot against Kevin Love, he just got into the gym the next like year. He made, and, that's the exact same yeah, move. That's a great point. Yeah, I mean, he was, he's never going to miss that shot again in a big moment. Yeah, and if you're going to sub in Nene or you're going to sub in a big man, you're gonna, you should sub in Clint Capella. Yeah, because I mean, he can, he can stay he's more with, versatile. He can stay with Steph Curry way more than Nene can. Right, and so, so that was a glaring thing that was just an absolute you know, hole in, in D'Antoni's strategy. It's been like some weird coaching moments. Yeah, D'Antoni's been pathetic in this series. I, I, you hate to say that word. Um, Going for, back to the Spurs, I mean, 
Popovich, uh, that's on him, I think, not fouling Jokic. Yeah, but he was signaling foul, foul, foul. I don't know how no one got that signal. You saw that You saw that replay? Yeah, I don't know if he was signaling foul, 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 because I think there's like a signal coaches do, and I don't know if he was doing it. He might have just been yelling. Right. But I'm not sure. And then Even you know, though, but you're a veteran player, like you see the shot clock, there's two seconds differential, and you don't have any timeouts, and you're down four points. I mean, it's on the whole team. How does like, you know, DeRozan not run up and just grab him? Yeah, it's it's pathetic. It it blows my mind. But moving forward to game 3 now with the Rockets and the Warriors, do the Rockets make this a series now and 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 make those necessary adjustments Does Chris Paul step up Does Harden play better at home? I mean, when he seen, can see the court like seen Harden's eyes? Yeah. Yeah, it looks bloodshot. It looks like D'Angelo Russell gave Harden some of what he what he was trying to sneak onto the plane. I mean, yeah. not I mean not to, you know, Harden he got hit in the face. There's nothing he could do about that. Yeah. But, yes, yeah, so you got to make an adjustment. If if someone's going to get hit in the face and they can't see the floor and the guy's, uh, you know, struggling to keep his eyes open, don't you think Chris Paul, a future Hall of Famer, someone who's been to the playoffs, and this is probably one of his best chances to win the championship ever, and, and who knows what will be in the future for him, you got to leave it all out there. I understand you you pulled your groin last year going up 3-2, but you got to know that every single game counts against this Warriors team and if you're going to beat them, you got to step on the pedal the entire series. I I'm really looking for Paul here cuz I think that's where they're losing it. Yeah, I know we didn't want to talk about the whole foul thing, but it's just them saying that they would have won the finals without the refs is like you don't need to give the They would have won State the finals if Chris Paul didn't get hurt. Yeah, well, you don't need to give the Golden State Warriors any more motivation. Right. You don't need to be like, oh, we were better than you last year. Right. It's just this is a team that's won three out of four. They're kind of losing motivation. You don't need to give these guys motivation. They're the most talented guys in the league. Exactly. They had that chance to step on their throat when they're not as focused as you may think they, they should be. And somehow in two winnable games at Golden State, you lose both of them. But do you think that those foul calls should have been made? I know I don't believe the last one on Draymond was a foul at all. I think Harden was trying to sell that, yeah. over-exaggerated that. But I think the ones that I saw, um, looking back on replay that Clay closed out on, they weren't even close. They were obvious fouls. And if I'm Harden, like he said in the post-game interview, look what happened to Kawhi a couple of years ago. I, I, it's a, Honestly, it's remarkable how he... He doesn't come down and crack his ankle on any of these plays because he really has no landing space. So so I understand that gripe, but at the same time, you're not going to win the game arguing with the officials. Yeah, I mean, the whole landing space argument, there's so many. Uh, it's so gray. Layers. It's not like black and white. It's gray because how can you if uh, there's video of like James Harden being five feet right. behind the three-point line and then finishing inside the three inside the three-point line right. so what are you not supposed to you supposed to give james Harden like 10 feet of landing space so so for so for you with your naked eye you have to just assess that on your own and yeah. see like i mean it's tough for the officials and i think greg anthony made this point is that the game is moving at such a fast pace now that the the nba should consider a fourth official because That'll honestly, I believe you know it'll relieve that the three guys of a little bit of stress. It, it'll have more uh, another pair of eyes on the court, and you can't go wrong with that. So, I mean, I think that would be a good solution. But 
Do you think those were fouls on Clay? Because he did come under his airspace. Yeah, they probably were fouls, but I just don't like the Rockets letting the game, like letting that be, you know, the refs decided the game. You know, I don't, the refs don't decide the game, the players decide the game. There's going to be bad calls on the Warriors, there's going to be bad calls on the Rockets. Deal with it, the Warriors at home, you know they're going to get the calls. Right, so... I believe that the Rockets are going to make this a series somehow. I think James will pick up the rest of the troops. I think that um, CP will, will be the guy that we've been accustomed to seeing. Capella's been a, um, a walking zombie out there. I think he'll pick it up. Uh, I think this goes back to Golden State. Call me crazy 2-2. Two, two. Um, where, where do you think it stands I when it goes, it goes back, back to Oracle? Uh, I don't know. I think it goes back three one. Three one. So I really need you got a lot. You got a couple of three one series. You think these are these are wrapping up particularly quickly? Yeah. Well, yeah. I I mean I can't I can't disagree with you there. Yeah, I think like, I think it's just my Rockets bias. <laughs> Honestly, you know, hoping, I mean, praying I, that they I, I and I hate the, the Warriors so much. Before the the playoffs, right? Win, but I just. I hated what I've seen out of them so far. Yeah, I've hated what I've seen out it's of them. It's not the Rockets of the regular season. It's not the Rockets of, of last, last season. I completely agree. So something's got to give if, if they're going to, you know, make a run at it. Um, so wrapping it up now, Western Conference Finals prediction for you is Portland versus Warriors. I got, I think the Rockets somehow get out of this series. I I don't know. I, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm praying. So... Pete, any last words on the NBA before we go? Um, any yeah. shout-outs? You got nothing? I mean, D'Angelo. <laughs> be better, man. Yeah, D'Angelo, be better. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Good to talk. We'll be back next week talking more um, of the NBA playoffs. For Pete Hudak, I'm Joey Dion. Enjoy your weekend, folks. It's been a lot of fun. So long and farewell. Farewell.